this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, I need to tell you about a great restaurant in Hawthorne, New Jersey. It's called Botagra, and oh my God, it is so good. It's open for lunch and dinner, and listen, the food is so good. The appetizers, the jumbo lump crab cake, the Caesar salad, the fried calamari, seriously, I could eat it all day. For the main courses, my favorites are the shrimp scampi, the black ink squid linguine, and the veal millionaise. So good. Food for days. Listen, it's frequented by a lot of our favorite Real Housewives of New Jersey. So anyone who lives in New Jersey or is passing through, maybe you're coming to do a tour. You're going to go see Posh by Kim D, Envy by Melissa Gorka. You're making the rounds. Stop off at Potagra. It's open for lunch. It's open for dinner. It's in Hawthorne, New Jersey. The food is so freaking good. You can check out a menu online at botagra.com. That's B-O-T-T-A-G-R-A. B-O-T-T-A-G-R-A. Botagra.com. Or if you want to make a reservation, call 973-423-4433. 973-423-4433. Guys, the food is so freaking good. I'm so hungry. I need to go order from there right now. Check it out. And now to today's show. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we have a great sit down that we are about to have with the one, the only Miss Christina DeBarge. Hello. (laughs) How are you? I'm fantastic. 
I'm well. I can't complain. Where are you now? Are you in Los Angeles or Vegas? Am I making this up? I'm in Las Vegas. That's, yeah. see, I was close. Yes, you were. Well, you, you were right. Yeah, I live in Las Vegas. I live actually in uh, Lake Las Vegas in Henderson. I love it here. It's beautiful. I had to be by water. I'm a Pisces. So I was like, if I'm not going to be by the beach, I need to at least be by the lake. <laughs> you, where are you from originally? I'm from Pasadena, California. So born and raised. Um, I was born in uh, Montebello and then raised in Pasadena, South Pasadena. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know, it's where the Rose Bowl is. <laughs> okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So you're not so far from home. No, it's like a three and a half hour drive, 45 minute plane ride. Now from everyone, we have so much to get into, but we have just, I don't even know where to begin, but let's just start with, you know, you're born. So let's just start with the obvious. Your father is James DeBarge of, now all the millennials that are listening need to just go get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, come back. But James DeBarge, DeBarge, rhythm of the night. That's like major. Yes, yes. My dad was in a huge famous group, DeBarge. Um, he was also married to Janet Jackson in the 80s. Oh, um, I know that. <laughs> he, um, he was in the music industry for a while. And uh, for like pretty much my whole childhood, I was on tour with him. He would come back from the Philippines and bring me back like all these different kinds of cool mementos. And I would just be like, Dad, where are you off to now? <laughs> it was really cool. This is going to make me sound so old, but like, do young people know the song Rhythm of the Night? Like, I mean, it's a pretty... It's, you know what? Surprisingly, they do. Um, it's a great song. It's a big song, yeah. And I feel like it's still played on the radio. Like, I'll be in the grocery store and I'll hear it. So, yeah, I think people still know it, especially when I sing it. They're like, yeah, oh my God, yeah, I know that song. And I mean, see, I'm such a Prince fan. So I saw The Last Dragon, the movie. Ew, I love Prince. Because Vanity was in it. So. Oh, yeah. Love, love her, too. You have to come to the Prince show. My friend performs in it whenever you come to Vegas. What's it called? Sure. I think I saw it way back when. Um, Is it Purple Rain? Purple Rain. Yeah. It's called. Like mm -hmm. R-E-I-G. Yeah, I, saw, I, I, I see mm -hmm. all the Prince cover bands. They're all really good. Yeah, my friend, she's a dance. She's one of the main dancers. Oh, so whenever wow. you come, let me know. I'll take you. I will. Listen, before yeah. all of this, I used to come to Vegas because I used to go to like a lot of things. Like I used to always come to see Cher. Like I, I'm one of those that travels for things. So I love it. Yes. Before the world has changed, I was in Vegas like a good like four times a year, probably. It's a great place. I'm not a gambler. Like I don't need to stay. I'm not like a club person or a gambler. I mean, I'm, I'm a drinker, but I'd rather just, you know, sit at the bar. <laughs> like I, I'm okay. Like a nice quiet bar that's upscale and like having my yeah. martinis. Yeah, like, totally. No, I, I, I graduated to that as well. I used to be into the club scene, but I'm not anymore. I like a nice dinner and a nice upscale lounge. Same here. So, okay, so it was before you were born, but talk to us about the fact that your father was married to Janet Jackson. Yes, so he was, okay, so they told, he told me, not they told me, because I haven't talked to her yet, <laughs> but he told me that when they were kids, they were each other's first love. And um, they met when they were like, she was like 12 and he was like 13, something crazy like that. 
and they just fell in love and they eloped when she was 17 and he was 18. Um, and they were like, you know, each other's first everything, you know? Wow. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that is really cool. That's so, so cool. And they, they kept in touch over the years. And, you know, um, when I came out with Goodbye, they had spoke right after that. And she was like, oh, my God, your daughter's so pretty. And how is she? You know, that's awesome that she's following in your footsteps. So that was cool to hear, you know? I mean, from Janet Jackson, that's kind right? of a good deal. I was like, wow, she, what else did you say? <laughs> Have you ever like met anyone in the Jackson family? Um, yes. So I met Austin and I'm good friends with Genevieve. Um, but other than that, those are the only two people. Well, I'll, I also know Omar, which is Michael's son. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I know a couple. <laughs> it's all about Paris though now. I know. Oh my God. She's stunning. She's so beautiful. She oh is. She's stunning. She's really, really pretty. Really pretty. Like every time I look at her, I'm just like, Ugh. I'm just taking it back. <laughs> She's really pretty. So, I mean, you know, like with your father and music, like were you just always like music? Like I read somewhere, I think you started music like when you were three. Yeah. So, when I was on the road with him, um, he said that like whenever he would turn on the music in the car, I would scream. And then as soon as he would turn it off, I was quiet, like quiet as a mouse. And then um, my uncle Al actually told him when I was like two, he's like, oh, she's going to be a singer. She's definitely going to be a singer. And my dad was like, no, I don't want her to get in this industry. You know, it's crazy. Um, and then I hid it from my dad. I didn't tell him that I could sing, but I, my mom had me in everything, performing arts, schools and camps and all kinds of stuff, voice lessons, um, dance, all that. Um, and then by the time I was 12 years old, I finally told him and I was so scared because I knew he didn't want me to be a singer. Um, and he tested me and he put me in the studio that night and we recorded a song until four o'clock in the morning that he actually produced and wrote and made me write. I'd never wrote a freaking lyric in my life. Um, and then he tried to act like he was tired and he was like, let's go home, let's finish it tomorrow. And I was like, no, we're gonna finish it right now. Why didn't he want you to go into the industry just in general? It's a, I mean, it's a tough industry. Um, so he, Obviously, you know, he's had a lot of struggles. My, my dad's side of the family have had a lot of struggles with the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole. And I think just because of his experiences, he, because they weren't always the best, he didn't want that to happen to me, which, you know, makes sense. Um, but also too, like the eighties were just crazy in general. Like I wasn't yes. alive, but like I, that's my favorite era. If I could ever go back to an era, it would be the eighties. Um, the eighties were just awesome. Like I, I loved the eighties, but I also know from research that the eighties were just nuts. <laughs> Do you love eighties music? Like, is there any specific eighties music you love? Yes. Um, I love the Pesh Mode. I love the Cure. I love the Smiths. I love, um, Pat Benatar. I love Cindy Lauper. I love Prince. Um, I'm a huge eighties fan. Uh, those are all, they're all, those are all great ones. Yes. Yes. Um, 
I have literally, I've listened, I listen to 80s music on the daily. <laughs> wow. That's so, I mean, listen, I only listen to 80s music pretty much. Like I have to force myself to listen to non-80s music, but I'm older. So oh I have God, an excuse. I love that. I don't have very many friends that like 80s music. So we're going to have to hang out. I mean, I've met like Pat Benatar, Cindy Lauper. Oh my God. That is so cool. You've never got into Madonna? Love Madonna. Yes. Madonna is definitely up there as well. Although, I mean, Madonna, I guess you can't even say is 80s. I mean, she's transcended time and right. kept a real career going. But right. And I follow, like, I've been following her since I was a little girl, too. So, absolutely love Madonna as well. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of 80s music, and that was also what inspired me, was, you know, listening to DeBarge as a little girl. I was like, I want to hear what else was out there during that time. And... Um, you know, that's my, that's my mom's era. That's my dad's era. So I was always just fascinated with it. But yeah, it was a crazy time. And I think he just didn't want me to be uh, disenchanted with, you know, music in general, because he knows I'm so passionate about it. And um, he, he was just like, I can see you're very, very passionate about it. I can see that you have this huge love for it. I don't want you to become disenchanted at a, like, a young age, you know? Listen, the entertainment business is a tough business. It's just period. It's, I don't know what else to say. It's just, yeah. everyone's using everyone and it's just, it's hard. It's a tough, you're amazing today and tomorrow you're trash and no one wants to speak mm-hmm. to you. So it's like, yeah. I think it's like, you just need to know what you're getting into if you get into that business. You have to have tough skin and totally. it's crazy because when you first get into it, you're, you're just wide eyed and bushy tailed and like open, you know, and happy and excited. And then things start happening and you're like, Oh, okay. This is what he meant. Right. <laughs> right. And like, it's even worse nowadays, like with social media and you know, like I'm like 99.99999% good about not reading. I mean, okay, I, I read the comments. Let me put it that way. But yeah. like just internalizing them and you're just like, you know what? I, I actually think it's a badge of honor to get bad comments. Right? Like, me too. I, well, like, I mean, okay. the thing is like, if you are putting a product out there and you have all good comments, to me, that means your audience is small. That's my honest opinion. And like, so for me, like for instance, with this podcast, the, the more I grew my audience and my numbers went up is when I noticed bad comments filtering in. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Cause so many more people are listening. It's not just like the lovers. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. You're still listening every week. So go right ahead and tell me how much I suck. Yes. Yes. I feel the same way. I definitely do. Like, cause obviously, you know, I, I've had a lot of, um, you know, after I did growing up hip hop and oh I can't tell you people still go on there and talk crap you know so <laughs> were you always were you always good about like were you always good or no you let the comments get to you um I think in the beginning when I first started getting um mean comments I did let them get to me um but then after a while it was just kind of like comical at that point because I was like I and I, I was just flattered. I was like, wow, you're really taking the time out of your day to like go in on me. You must like me some, somewhat, somewhat, you know? So 
totally. I just I just decided to brush it off and like it be grateful for the people who do love me and do enjoy me, you know? That's good. And like when people know specific little things about you, you're like, honey, you're a fan because you you're, you're you're quoting things from like specific moments. Right. Totally, yes. And that's that's that kind like those moments I'm like, wow, that's when you feel like special, you know, and you're like, this is, this is, this is why I freaking fight. This is why I continue to do what I do, you know? So let's talk about the time the world first kind of met you. So for everyone who doesn't know, the juggernaut that is American Idol in 2003 had a spinoff called American Juniors. And now the audience is all saying like, oh my God, I remember American Juniors because I, I, I watched American Juniors. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I, I did. I mean, I truly watched it. It was like, for anyone who doesn't know, it was American Idol for children. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. So I forgot what the age range was, but it was young. Nine, nine to 13. And you know, what's funny is that I was on there with Kiki Palmer. I was on there with Lucy Hale. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, Caitlin Tarver. Um, there was like, you know, a couple people from there that like took off with their careers. So Lucy Hale, I remember, I don't remember Kiki Palmer. So Kiki Palmer and so Lucy Kiki Hale was were in the top 30. She didn't make it to the top 20, but she was in the top 30. Do you and remember anything about her? Like, were you? Yeah, well, we were close. We were like totally close. Um, like we were hanging out, um, her mom and my mom, Scott Cool, and then Kiki and I stayed in touch for years after that. And um, her mom was like, Kiki's booking, you know, movie roles. And we were so happy for her. We were like, oh my God, we're so happy for her, you know? And we were telling her like, oh, well, I'm working with Babyface now. And she was like, oh, that's so awesome. And then later she got a record deal um, right when I was still trying to get one. And I was so happy for her. I was like, oh my God, she got a deal. And um, people in the industry that I knew were working on her. So I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like full circle, you know? And so um, years went by and we like kind of lost touch. I bumped into her in Pasadena. And she like was living there at the time. And I was like, babe, what are you doing here? And she like gave me her number. And at this time she's Kiki, you know? So it was like, I was just so happy and proud of her and she's killing it. I'm so, I'm, I'm so proud of her. And there's no jealousy, like in situations like that, like when you hear about someone getting a record deal or. Not, not at all. No, not at all. I was genuinely happy for her because I wanted her to make it because I thought she was very talented and I, I could tell that she had something about her even at nine years old, you know? Um, I was just like, oh, this girl's going places, you know? And she had such a great, cute personality. Um, and I was, I was genuinely happy for her. Did you, ro- did you watch Scream Queens? It was such a good show. I loved that show. Yes. Like Kiki has literally legit been, become one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she's good. She's so talented. Yeah. She's so, 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 so talented. talented. She's good. And then Lucy Hale, I know she made it far, right? Didn't she make, did she make top five? Yeah, she was in the group. She was in the group and Lucy and I were really close too. And um, uh, when she started Pretty Little Liars, I actually auditioned for Pretty Little Liars 
and I was the second runner-up. I didn't make it, but it was between me and, oh, gosh, what's her name? She's very popular. She's the pretty, like, Filipino, Latina-looking girl on the show. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, but can you believe I did? I, I should have because it's such my type of show. I never watch Pretty Little Liars. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I know. It's I so was so crushed. That I was crushed about. I was like, oh, I wanted to be on it so bad. I was so crushed. And it went on for a long time. It did. That would have like that would have put me back on the map for sure. I was like so crushed about that. I mean, it kind of was what put Lucy Hale on the map. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, totally. So yeah, so I I knew Lucy Hale was in it. I didn't realize Kiki Palmer was in it. Um, in what? American Juniors. Oh, yeah. American Juniors. Yeah. But for everyone who hasn't watched it, I mean, you should go find it. It literally was American Idol for <laughs> children. Yeah. Do you remember? So, like, what was that like? Like, what was Ryan Seacrest like? So, Ryan was actually really nice. He was a sweetheart. Um, I was crying really bad the on the results sh- uh, show episode. And he came up to me after and was like, Christina, are you okay? Do you need anything? I was like, <laughs> like bawling, like so devastated that I didn't make it through to the next round. And he was like, if you need anything, he's like, you're so talented. You're so good. Don't worry. Like you're going to make it. You're still so young. Like totally encouraging me, which was really nice. You know, was there any like typical behind the scenes drama, you know, not even with Ryan, just, you know, there's lots yeah. of judges. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the reasons why they decided not to have a second season, I, I, I could be wrong, was because of the parents. Because it was just too much. Like, obviously, you know, with kids that have parents that are like momagers and dadagers, that it can get a little crazy. Um, so I think, like, it was too stressful for the producers. Um, so, yeah, I think they just were like, they didn't want to deal with it. And there was a little bit of drama with me. I found out later after um, my mom didn't want to like involve me in it, but she overheard one of the parents saying like, Oh, it's rigged. You know, she's just making it cause she's a debarge. And my mom was like, so upset when she heard one of the parents say that. And she was like, no, she's talented. Like she's made, she made it through cause she's talented. That was the case. And she would have continued to make it through, you know, like, you so made what made, top did you make top 20 i think top 20 yeah and so my mom was like she was just so mad she was like that's not true and so she told me after when i didn't make it she was like your parents were trying to say that you were only made it because you were debarge i was like what i was like so sad did like the judges say anything i mean because i forgot i mean obviously i don't remember every minute of the show but like the the judges were a lot of the contemporaries to like your father, like Debbie Gibson, Gladys Knight. Like, did they say like, oh my God, you're a DeBarge? Like, did they say, I forgot if that came up on the show. So I don't think they ever brought it up, but Gladys kind of alluded to it, I want to say. Like when she was, when she was talking to me um, on, when she was judging me. But what's funny is, um, I just saw Debbie uh, last December. I was with Babyface at um, at a Matt Goss show, and uh, we were sitting with Debbie. And I was like, "Debbie!" And she was like, looking at me like, "I know this girl," you know. 
And um, I was like, it's me, Chris, Christina. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but you were my judge on American Jewish. She's like, oh my God. And we like took a picture and we were like, we ended up drinking together the rest of the night. And it was so much fun, but it's just so funny like to, to think about that time and you know, fast forward all these years later and now I'm like hanging out with her. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Were you like, I mean, well, for you, because you're an 80s fan, like you must have like Dionne Warwick and Glad. I mean, some of these yes. people are been like, were you like shocked that these were the judges? Like were you? Totally. And like, I was a big Justin Guarini fan too, because he was also my judge. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, who are they going to have next? You know, I was thinking they were going to switch it up or something, but I was just so excited and in awe to be in the presence of, of legends. You know, Gladys Knight is a legend and so is Debbie Gibson. So I was just like in awe. And, and, and I, for me, I felt like I can literally die happy. They said I'm good. <laughs> they, they said they gave me the stamp of approval. So I, I'm happy. Did you watch American Idol? Because, like, you were into Justin Gr- Like, were you a big Idol fan before? I was, yeah. I loved Kelly Clarkson. I loved Justin Graney. I literally was, like, obsessed with Kelly Clarkson as a, a little girl. And um, I had, like, all her albums. I sang all her songs. Um, yeah. I was. A She's huge- a good one to be obsessed with. Yes. Absolutely. Um, very, very talented uh, woman. And... I just remember being like, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be like Kelly Clarkson, you know? So when I got on American Juniors, I was like, I'm going to be like Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> was there, was there, so like, were the children competitive or no? It was just the parents were out for blood. Honestly, it was the parents. The children, we were just innocent kids. We were all genuinely rooting for one another. And it was the most fun experience I I made so many friends and um, we all stayed close for a while after the show. And we, we just all were like besties. I remember we used to like spend the night in each other's rooms and we would like rehearse together. And like, honest, like when we would lose, when like somebody wouldn't make it to the next round, we all were crying. Like we all genuinely were sad. Cause it was like, we became best friends. We felt like we were at camp or something. You know what I mean? It was, the- it was, it was a really great experience. And the parents were just like, move out of the way. Like, I want my child to be famous. Yeah, totally. The parents, you know, then that's, of course, they're going to be that way. They're, they're kids. They, that's that they're, they, their dream, you know, but yeah, the, the parents were definitely like, oh no, my, my son or my daughter is that there were like, obviously the few parents that were like, cool, like my mom, like, you know, like being cool about it. But there were some, I remember there's some being like, whoo, momager. <laughs> and, and you don't think the show is like rigged at all? Like not even for you, just in general. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like maybe it was, maybe, I don't know. But I remember like thinking like, is this rigged? Like did, did people really vote? Like, how does this work? You know? And cause I know there's politics in every industry, not just the entertainment industry. So I, I definitely had my thoughts, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. Did you guys interact with the judges or was it just, it really was like, you couldn't like, they just, you showed up and did your thing and they were sitting there. Like there was no off 
screen yeah, time. Yeah, we got to meet them after we did, which was cool. But like, we didn't get to hang out with them. But like, they definitely acknowledged us. And you know, um, I remember Justin coming up to me and you know, shaking my hand and being really nice and telling me that I was talented and uh, taking a picture with me. And Gladys was really, really sweet to me. Um, I didn't get to talk to Debbie that long. So that was, that's why it was really nice to see her <laughs> this past December and have that moment. But with Gladys, I really got to uh, talk with her. A lot. And you had Nick Carter. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to Bad badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now, with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can, too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette, and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs, because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now, you get 20% off your next purchase at Crocs.com. Just use the code SANDALS20 at checkout. That's SANDALS20 at Crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. So he wasn't your judge. He wasn't my judge. And that would have been so freaking cool. 
cool and amazing for me because I grew up on McClure too and Aaron. So I would have probably freaked out. I love, <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Nick and I'm a huge Aaron Carter fan too. So yes. I, I get it. <laughs> um, I wonder what Justin is up to now. I really should track him down for this show. I know, right? <laughs> So like, were you like, so when that was over, so like you had a taste of, you know, being on TV and being in the limelight. And then, like you said, you were upset when it ended. So like, what's that like? Were you, you know, like, cause you were young, were you just like, I'm like, it, this is it. There's no more cameras. I'm depressed. I mean, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So what's crazy is I was determined after that. Like I went through my phase. Like, you know, when you go through different phases of like emotion, I was sad. Then I was upset. Then I was like, I'll show you, you know? So I ended up, um, you know, telling my mom, uh, I'm going to pursue this, you know? And so I went on tour with my dad and he took me on the road with me and uh, my other two cousins, which is if you don't, if you probably remember, um, the, uh, the group, um, switch. Yeah. So, um, my uncle Bobby, who's passed away, rest in peace. Um, he was the lead singer. And so his son, Bobby Jabarge, he's my cousin. We went on the road with my dad and my other cousin, which is his older brother, Christian, and me and Bobby were performing with my dad. And that was like our first taste of like really being on tour. Um, but we did spot dates. Um, and we did the Tom Joyner show, which was really cool. Um, and I remember being on stage with my dad and, and women like throwing underwear and panties. And like, it was kind of weird, you know, because this is my dad. <laughs> so after the show, he had all his merch, you know, and women were asking him to sign their breasts, like all kinds of stuff. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't sign flesh, you know, cause my dad is really hardcore Christian. And, um, I just remember like being in awe, like looking at him, like what the heck? And a few times my uncle Chico came out and, um, did some, did some, uh, spot dates with us. And if you actually Google it, there's a picture and it's on my Instagram too. I posted it of us. There's a picture of us three, hugging on stage and I at that time I was 13 and it was like right after American Juniors um and my dad's crying on the stage because he's just so happy like we're having a moment you know like that he's he's he probably never thought in a million years he'd be on stage with his daughter you know and for me too I'm like what the hell so um that was a really amazing time and then I got in the studio um around that same time and my dad got me a bunch of tracks and he told me figure it out like start writing stuff and I was like I don't know how and he's like I'll help you so I started writing music and um everything it was all over the place like I didn't know how like where the verses went I didn't know where the pre-hooks went where the hooks went so like my hooks were in the beginning and the verses were like at the, <laughs> at the like middle of the song so he would listen and be like you know admiring and he'd be like okay, you're going to figure it out. So he kind of helped me and that was awesome. And then once I figured it out, um, he was like, you know, what is your dream? Like, what do you, who do you want to end up working with? And I told him I want to work with Babyface um, or Neo. And so he was like, okay, well, I can definitely introduce you to Babyface. And I said, you know what? You know what, daddy, I appreciate everything you've done for me thus far, 
but I want to do it on my own. And he was like, what? Like, you don't want my help, you know? And I was like, no, I do. I just, I, I, I really want to prove to myself that I can do this. You know, a year later I was with Babyface, and I, I've been, I was signed to him by the time I was 16 years old. Did you understand like, so when you were on stage at that moment and like bras and panties, like, so did you, like you said, what, like, did you understand then? Cause you were young, like the concept of fame. Do you know what I mean? Like to you, it was just your father. Like what, who, what, like what the fuck? Like when, yeah. or did you not even understand it? Or he, like, even with that, cause like in like the regular it. day, like if your father walked down the street with you, he's just dad. But then like, if it's a show, they're there to see him, then it's like this whole other world of like uber fans. Totally. It was, it was weird for sure. And I don't think I understood the concept. Like I think over time I did, but I, I, I was very like shocked because these women were just, they were, they were ecstatic, you know, like, and then I, my mom, she helped me. Like she was like, okay, baby, who's your favorite artist? At the time it was sync. I love Justin Timberlake. She's like, imagine you dating Justin Timberlake. Cause my mom, you know, she was only 15 when she met my dad and she's like, that's what it was like for me. Like I was dating Justin Timberlake and I was like, are you kidding me? Like what the hell, you know? So she was just like, yeah, like that's, and you know how girls are over Justin Timberlake. How are they at the concerts? They're screaming. She's like, you're one of those girls. And I was like, absolutely. So she's like, that's what it is for these women that are coming to see your dad. They're like teenagers all over again. Do you still love Justin Timberlake? I love Justin Timberlake. I know his color. I know his favorite food. I know where he's from. Like I literally, I love him. <laughs> uh, he's a good one to love. Like the music is still so good. So, so, so good. And the 2020 experience is like a four hour experience. Literally it goes on for like three hours. Yes. My favorite album of his for life is going to be justified though. Really? For me, it's Future Sex Love Sounds. Really? Yeah. I love it. No, I and, love that album too, though. And that particular song is like literally one of my favorite songs of Justin's forever. Yeah. Did I tell you, like, so one night, so now I get celebrity pictures. Like, if I see someone now, I'm getting a picture. But back in the day, I wasn't. So one night, I was at Waverly, and it's like a restaurant in New York. It's like, it's old school, but then it like revamped itself, and it became like the hot spot. So one night, I was like... There was nobody in the restaurant. I was in the bar. I think it was like five o'clock on like a Sunday. And I was with these two friends and they're like, just stay calm. They're like, just turn around and see who's behind. And like literally standing right next to me was Justin Timberlake. And I did not ask for a picture. Oh my God. I know. I'm just like, who, who, who was I that I just didn't ask for a picture? Like, what the fuck? But I'm a huge Justin fan, so I get it. Yeah, my, my fiance is actually friends with him for a while. So like when he tells me there's like the stories, I'm just like, I, I, I hate you. <laughs> Seriously. You literally like, you're just telling me these stories of you and Justin hanging out. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> So what was working with Babyface like? Like that's a big deal. Yeah. So Babyface is a legend. He's amazing. He's written literally every 90s song you can think of, um, R&B song, um, in every soundtrack 
every movie soundtrack you can think of at that time too. Um, so, I mean, he signed Usher, he signed TLC, he signed Tony Braxton, um, you know? So for me, I was just like, this is the person I wanna be with, he makes stars. Um, so when I first met him, I met him and I sang a Mariah Carey song, I sang Hero. And one of his uh, songwriter friends was in the studio and he did like a, like that. And um, I was like, oh shoot, did I fuck up? Like, did I, did I not do a good job? And they were like, you sound so much like her. And I was like, oh my God, like, I couldn't believe it. And on the spot, he was like, you're my artist. I want you to be my artist. And I mean, it was like, it was, it was a dream come true. It was like right out of a movie. Um, and I, I started working with him and he started flying me out to New York with him and we would do writing sessions together. Cause he asked me, he's like, do you write? And I said, yeah, I, I write. And he was like, okay. So we started writing together in New York. He flew me on a private jet for the first time when I was 16 years old. Um, I saw snowfall for the first time with him. Um, he, he took me like on a huge shopping spree so that I could like, you know, I was still a teenager. I didn't have like, I, I didn't like know the concept of like looking like a star. I was just a little girl, you know? So he like really helped shape me into that Christina, Christina DeBarge artist, you know? So I have a lot of, um, I'm very gracious to him and I have a lot of respect and a lot of gratitude to him for helping develop me. Were you like, I mean, what's going on with my life? Like a private plane, like who doesn't want a free shopping trip where you can get whatever I'm picturing you're in Gucci and just picking out whatever you want. This is oh what my I'm God. picturing. Like, he literally took me to like the nicest of the nicest. I mean, his girlfriend at the time, who was now his wife, um, she was helping, of course. And um, it's so funny because he was like, help her with like, you know, the bras and stuff. Because obviously he's not going to do that. And um, he was like, get her like a push-up bra. Because I had like no boobs, like nothing. Um, I was a little girl, you know? So I remember she helped me buy my first push-up wire bra. And I thought I was like the shit. I was like, I have a wire bra. Like, <laughs> when I was like 16. So I just remember thinking like, I can't believe this is happening. I had like these nice belts and like, you know, Paige and like, um, and uh, what was really popular back then. Um, it starts with a T. True Religion pay, uh, pants like diesel pants, like all these cute jeans. It was all about diesel and true religion, yes. True and juicy, religion. juicy couture. Yes, totally. I had a juicy couture um, sweat outfit. Like, they hooked me up. So did Babyface, like, give you, you know, like, hard advice? Like, listen, you need a push-up bra. Like, sorry, sex sells. This is, <laughs> this is the industry. And, like, you know, you were voted off American Juniors and you want the real deal. This is just the industry or was it like you know what's funny is that or was it candy coated so, shoot no you're there okay cool, cool. Uh, so he actually really wanted to preserve my innocence and obviously he knows that sex sells so we had to um 
we had to uh we had to do some of that we had to definitely uh, appease some people that were involved and and do the little sexy things too but he definitely wanted to preserve my innocence and i appreciated that because i was a very innocent little girl i mean i was innocent for a very long time so i appreciated that um but like he found other ways for me to be sexy you know um like I had this thing when I was younger where I knew how to like kind of like seduce with my eyes and I would do it only when I performed. I didn't do it any other time. Um, and he, it, it, it became like a thing and that people in the industry that knew me were like, Oh my God, do that thing with your eyes. Like they knew that like, once I turned that on, they were like, Oh, she's going to get them. You know, I did it actually with LA Reed and that's how I got my deal. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because I met him when I was 16. Um, Face introduced me to him when I was 16, and he fell in love with me and wanted to sign me on the spot. Face wanted to wait till I was 18. And I now know it was probably because he knew that, like, I was probably going to grow up a little too fast because LA would have just hit the ground running, which he did. As soon as I got my deal, we hit the ground running, and we were we, – we, we took off. So I think – Face was like, no, I want to preserve it a little longer. And your father must have trusted Babyface because, like, here you are flying to New York at 13. Yeah, so my my father and – so my Uncle L lived with Babyface at one point. They were living together, so they were like brothers. So Face had even told me, he was like, you know, I feel like it's my duty to make sure that your legacy lives on and – that I take care of you, you know? So I, I, he was like a, he was like a second dad to me. He was like an, like an uncle or something, you know? So I, I, I was in good hands and my mom felt safe. Um, my mom has been on vacation with him and his, um, his now wife. And, you know, they were, they were really, really close. So I was, I was always in good hands. Well, good for you for not wanting any help from your father. Cause I'd be like, yeah, I'd like all the help and open every door and I have no shame in my game, but that's just me. But you were signed like pretty much five years later after working with Babyface, Mm -hmm. your first album came out. Yes, in 2009. And it charted well and you had a single from it, which charted very well. Thank you, yes. Now, let's talk about something else that happened in 2009. Let's just take a moment. Okay. Explain to me, you opened for Britney Spears on the circus tour? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's take a breath. Let's just (laughs) back it up. Your album's out. It's doing well. The single's doing well. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And how does one, how does this come about? So at the time, I was um, newly managed by Vincent Herbert and Troy Carter. They were managing Lady Gaga at that time. And um, they were like, the label was doing a lot of the like work as far as like promotion, but they also had a lot of, of a big hand in that as well. So they were like, we can definitely, because they asked me like, what would be like your ultimate dream? And I was like, to open up for Britney Spears, like thinking that they wouldn't do it. You know, I was like, to open up for Britney Spears. And uh, they were like, okay. 
but they didn't say they were going to do it. They were just like, okay, okay, okay. And so I was like thinking, you know, I'm just talking, you know, they're, like they're just hearing my dreams and my goals. And then I went to bed one night and I woke up the next day and I told my mom I had a dream that I opened up for Britney Spears. And she told me, babe, it's not a dream. You're going to open up for Britney Spears. And I was like, oh, thanks mom. Like thinking it's like we're speaking into existence because we do that a lot. And she goes, no, you're going to open up for Britney Spears. She's like, don't, she's like, act surprised because I'm, I'm making dinner tonight for Troy and Vince. They're coming over the house. They're going to tell you at dinner. I was like, what? Like, I grew up on Britney Spears. Hello? Like, love Britney Spears. So I freaked out. I was super, super excited. I was, I couldn't even believe it. So when they came, of course, I, I still acted surprised. But it, it was just, it was like out of a, of a, a dream, like a fairy tale. I, I just couldn't believe it. And you were like the only, you were the opening act for all the dates? I was the opening act for... A bunch of dates? Uh, they, the American League. They wanted me to do the European League too. Um, but I ended up having to start working on my second album. But I did the American League and I did the Canada League. That's it, still a lot of dates. Yes, it was... I think it was 24, 24 or 30, something like that. I mean, so you never had an audition or just anything like that? Like meet Britney prior... No, so get this. So the Pussycat Dolls had already been opening up for them prior to me. And um, and then me and Jordan Sparks did the same leg together. And then Girlicious did the Canada leg. Me and Girlicious did the Canada leg together. So, um, and then there were times where Jordan didn't perform at all. And it was just me opening up for Britney. And on those dates, they gave me extra time. So I would sing like, two extra songs and that was like amazing were you nervous because like I mean those are huge arenas huge arenas yes um I think I was more excited than anything like of course you're nervous right but like because you can't see people staring at you it's a little easier whereas like when you're in a setting of like 20 to 50 people you can see people looking at you so it's kind of like you know but like being able to just go up there and do what I love and be free and like really live my dream. I think I was just more excited than anything. Is that really what it's like? So like if you're at Madison Square Garden, like you can't see even the first row cause it's so big or just cause of the lights? Yeah, like all you can see is just lights everywhere. Like it just huh. looks like people are holding up cell phones or something. Cause there's just, there's just- Interesting. It's just lights everywhere and it's dark cause the lights are on you. So like you can't really see out, you know? Huh. It's really, it's really an amazing feeling. It's, 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 it's like a drug, <laughs> you know, it's a rush. I mean, did you, cause you know, a lot of times opening acts don't like, did you interact with Brittany at all? So, um, I did get to meet her, um, and I got to meet her sons and she was so sweet to me and she told me, thank you so much for coming on the tour. And I love your music. My babies love your songs. They know your song. And um, she was just like, if you need anything, you know, let me know. She's like, thank you so much. I'm so honored you're here. I was just like, uh, I'm so honored to be here. I was like, I absolutely love you. And thank you so much for choosing me. Did she seem shy? Because like Britney's kind of shy. 
Yeah, she was a little shy, and she had a really thick accent. She had a really thick accent. She's like, thank you so much. My babies love your song. And she was just being so sweet. And I remember being like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to Britney Spears. <laughs> Were there a lot of like, you know, listen, and I'm not, this is no shade because a lot of acts, you know, I, I understand how it works. Like, were there a lot of rules? Like, did people go over like, you know, don't interact, like that's Britney's wing, like don't go down yeah. that, like it was like, uh, like yeah. what? She like tell me some of those. Very, very tight ship because it was right after she had her meltdown. So her dad um, had a very, very tight ship. And like anytime she was coming through the halls, everyone stopped. We literally froze. And it was like, move out the way. She's coming. She had an entourage. It was like right out of the movies. Like everything you could imagine, like it was, it was absolutely. And so we never felt like we could talk to her anything like that. So when I got to talk to her. I was just so, I was like surprised. And then I kind of felt bad because I obviously talked about it when I went back to my dressing room and I was, I was talking to my cousin about it. Cause my cousin was on tour with me and Jordan overheard. And she's like, you got to meet Brittany. I want to meet Brittany. And I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> How'd you, how'd you get to meet her? Like they, did you put in a request? Like how did they come and say, so her manager, her manager took me over to her and well, he came into my dressing room and was like, um, Brittany wants to meet you. So wow. I, I was like, right, right now. He's like, yeah, come on. I was like, okay. So I followed him to her dressing room. So just out of nowhere, the manager appeared and said, by the way, Brittany wants to meet you. And yeah. I mean, that's how it works. You're not going to say no. No, no. How did you know to like freeze in the halls? Like, were, were, did they tell you, like, if you ever, like, if we ever see Britney coming, freeze, or you just followed suit? I felt like it was like, it was just like a sense, like everyone knew, like, you didn't even have to be told, you know? Um, I think her team, like all the people who were working, because she had real circus people working there. Like everybody was in the circus because it was a circus tour. So like, we had people from Las Vegas that were, you know, did the Circuit de Soleil. They were her performers. Um, there were aerialists. There was uh, fire breathers, like all kinds of different people there. So they knew, you know, because they, they would talk to um, me and my cousin and be like, yeah, you know, obviously we have some rules and they, they would let us in on stuff. But we didn't, like, we were always in our dressing room or at catering. So we didn't ever really see her that often. But when we did, we just knew, like, okay, we got to be still. And you just stood there, like, in the hall still? Yeah, and waited for her to, to you know, pass by. And we would just stare at her and be like, you know? Any time someone ever didn't or did something wrong and they were, like, called out or, like, there was trauma. If they were, I don't, I never knew about it. But I did know that, like, the the um, workers, like the guys that were like putting together the set and like the stage and stuff, they weren't even allowed to smoke cigarettes like on their breaks. Like they had to like leave the premises in order to go smoke cigarettes. So I remember that being a thing. And like, I remember one of the guys was like always like leaving really, really far. And I was like, why is he leaving so far? You know, and one of the other workers were like, cause he wants to go smoke a cigarette. And I was like, Oh, and they're like, yeah, you know, he can't even smoke a cigarette like around here. 
I was like, oh, okay. Were you told in the beginning, like, this is, like, a clean backstage, like, any, like, were you, like, sat down, like, and told, like, rules, or it just, you no. just. No, so, like, obviously, you know, we all had to sign contracts, so, obviously, like, my man, my manager and my lawyer looked over the contract. And that specified, I, like, what not to do. What? And that specified yeah, like, and what not like, to do. do exactly. Yeah. And so I just knew like, okay, these are the, these are the rules, you know? Um, but also too, I was just so happy to be on tour with her that I was like, okay, whatever she wants. Like she could tell me every day I have to wear, only wear blue and I would do it. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's no shade. I'm just like, you know, I just, listen, the average person in the world is not open for Britney Spears. So it's just... <laughs> Was there, like, was it in the contract? Like, was there things spelled out, like, thou shalt not look Britney in the eyes or whatever? Like, any, you know, like... You know, I don't know, because I didn't ever, like, thoroughly look at it. Now that I'm older, I look at all my contracts. But when I was younger, I just was like, just tell me the important stuff. Um, but, you know, I, that's a good question. I, I'm Maybe, maybe there was, like, certain things, you know? Could uh, you, could you feel, like, because it was... Like, first of all, I think... The best, per, for me, the best Britney album that's ever existed is right after the Meltdown Blackout, to me, is the best Britney album ever. Yeah, she had, I, I loved that album, too. Um, she's had a lot of great albums, and she has, she always puts out good songs. Like, it could, she could, like, take a break and then be back on the map like that. That's what I love about her. And I saw her in Vegas and, like, the whole last tour. It was great. Yeah. Was there, like, this frenetic energy, like, backstage? Because it was right after the meltdown. Like, were people, you know, like... It, yeah, and, like, yeah. her father, her father never came in and gave a speech to everyone. He, no, we barely saw him, too. But, you know, it was a really good energy most of the time, which I'm really grateful for. Um, we never felt like there was, like, any weirdness. The only time that it felt like, oh, my God, you know we have to like be on our best behavior is when she was coming through the halls. But other than that, like it was a really, the energy was good. And I'm grateful for that because, you know, sometimes being on tour, I've heard other stories from other artists that like it was complete opposite. So I'm grateful for that. And, um, you know, we we had so much fun and the food was amazing. Like the catering was bomb. I saw Jamie a few times, which was really cool. Cause I loved Jamie. Um, cause I watched her show on Nickelodeon. Um, and I got to meet her too. And like her kids. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a very family oriented environment. You could tell that she had that support, which was great. I think that's important, especially cause at the time I think she was only like 24 or like she was young she was still in her 20s what was jordan sparks like oh jordan was awesome me and jordan ended up getting really cool and we would like rehearse together and sing songs together and i don't know if you remember this but do you remember the flip cams yeah do you remember those from 2009 they were like, yeah. really popular and everyone was using them so the labels gave all the artists the flip cams and so um, me and Jordan, we would like use our flip cams and like sing together. Obviously YouTube wasn't that popular then, but I'm thinking like if this was now, we would have like been all over YouTube, you know, posting our experiences together because we had some good times. That's so funny. Yeah. What about like, 
I mean, I don't know if you were involved, but like, what about like, you know, cause people go to see an act like Britney Spears, like, was there ever anyone that came backstage or you were just kind of in your own area? You know, like, listen, if like, I don't know, Madonna, Ellen, whoever like goes to see Britney, they're going to go backstage. Like, did you ever see someone walking around backstage? You're like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. You know what? No, I never did. That's a good question. Um, I had Ellie Reed and Babyface come visit me at the Madison Square Garden, which was really cool. They came to see me after my show. Are you the type to get starstruck or just, I mean, not really? I think not anymore, but like at that time I still was for sure. Cause it was all still very new. Um, but, but I mean, I met a lot of even when I was in my teens. Um, but I just, you know, I tried not to act star, starstruck, even though I was. Uh, but now that I'm I'm older, I've, I'm used to it, you know, because I've been around so many people. Totally. And you just, after a while, you're just like, there are people too, you know? And like, Britney's one step removed from Justin, so. I know, I know, I know. What do you think now about like the whole Free Britney movement? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't believe it. I know that sounds like awful because a lot of people do, but I don't, I don't think, I think she's happy and I think she's living her life and she's just been through a lot and, um, you know, she's, she, she's dealing with it, how she deals with it and let her leave her alone. That's what I really feel about it. I'm like, just leave this woman alone. Let her live her life. She's been through a lot already. And, you know, she, just, just, just leave her be, you know, she seems happy with her amazingly handsome fiance. And, um, you know, she's an amazing shape. She looks great. She does. Um, She's, she's just, she's, you can tell she's just, she's in a different place in her life. And, um, I think that a lot of people are just, you know, they don't, they don't understand because they don't, they didn't live her story. They didn't know, they don't know what she's been through. Nobody does. I don't even know. But I am empathetic to her because I could only imagine, you know, what she's been through. Um, Of course, you're not going to be the same person, you know, that you were when you were 15 years old singing Oops, I Did It Again, you know? So I expect this. I expect for her to evolve and grow and, you know, have a little bit of um, some challenges and you know, maybe even some, some, you know, some, some and things that she probably internalized that, that she projects that can come off the wrong way, if that makes any sense. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. That Uh, makes sense. I mean, it must be hard to be in the industry. Like, you look at, like, Justin Bieber, or even, like, Amanda Bynes. Like, people... It just must be hard to be... Yeah, Working. she was also somebody I really loved growing up too, and she had her moment too. And I just, I never judged because I truly, I went through a depression too at one point. I dealt with it differently, but, um, you know, everyone deals with their depression differently. And 
I, I, because of that, I just, I don't judge and I try to be empathetic and, and I, because I've been in the music industry and in the entertainment industry, I know how hard it is. And I, for me, I'm just like, I never made it to that level, but I'm sure if I did, I don't know if I would be the same person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, it's still a business. So despite what you want, there's 8,000 other people that don't give a fuck and they want to make a dollar fifty off you. And I think that's a hard thing to realize when you're young. Totally. Totally. Especially being a kid growing up into the industry and like still wanting to be a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're still figuring out like, I mean, when you're a teenager, being a teenager alone is already hard, right? Now think of being a teenager in the limelight, like a totally completely different thing, you know? So when I hear about these child actors from like the eighties that like, you know, their lives didn't really pan out so well when they got older, it's really sad. And I, I, I could just only imagine what, what they've been through. So how do you get from music to now your cosmetic company? Yes, Chrissy D. Cos. And like, are you still, I can see them. What is that in the background? So this is my skincare line that I just came out with. Um, so this is my cleansing oil. This is, uh, has geranium in it, which geranium is actually really good for your skin. It helps with rashes, irritation, acne, anti-aging, wrinkles, pretty much great for everything. I love um, it. And this is a cleansing oil that we have. I just came out with this like a month ago. And this is our rinse-free tea tree micellar water. For those of you who don't know what micellar water is, it's basically makeup remover. Um, but like on crack because you can use this to wash your face. Well, I, I don't use it to wash my face, but you can use it to uh, remove your makeup and you don't have to wash your face after, which is great. It cleans it that well. Um, so we do travel sizes right now because we're like, you know, testing out the product and I like we're loving it. Thank you. So we're going to do, actually Heather is my manufacturer for the skincare. Um, so we're going to start doing bigger uh, sizes. And um, I also have masks too. But let me show you guys my staple. Let's of see. I first came out with. And how did you get from, I mean, so do you do music at all? Like, how do you go from music? I mean, is that what happened? You're just like, this business is hard. You know, like you've had some success and you're just like, are you doing music too? Or are you just like, I, I need a change? So I'm still doing music. Um, I've put out a few um, EPs and songs. Um, I'm putting out another EP, hopefully before the end of the year. And then I'm going to put another one out next year. I have the songs done already. I just need to mix and master them. So please forgive me. I have some fans that have been like patiently waiting, like, girl, you've been saying you're going to put out an EP this year. Like what the fuck? So well, you're busy with cosmetics. You can only do one thing at a time. Yes. Yes. I have been busy with the cosmetic brand. So, um, this Let's is see. our staple, our world tour palette. I love um, it. Thank you. Obviously it's inspired by, you know, my a tour. world tour. Yes. And this was my dream always to go on a world tour. So I named all of the colors after um, cities and states in different countries. I love it. There's greens, there's pinks. We'll have to get everyone a picture of this. 
Yes, it's definitely. gorgeous. Thank you. Do you love the cosmetic? Like, do you love this new world of cosmetics and skincare? I do. I really do. I'm passionate about it. Um, I love educating myself on um, skincare and makeup. I actually took a um, a class and I got my beauty certificate. So now I'm a certified MUA, which is really great, and I'm proud of that. Um, so Do you love I, the fact that like, you know, it's your business, like unlike the entertainment industry, like you control this and you know, it's, it's a company that you can grow. Yes, I do. I honestly do. I feel that I'm able to be very creative. So I get to, um, have that aspect of it. And then I also, you know, there's a lot of work that goes behind having a business, um, and a makeup business at that. So I've learned so much. I've only been in business for two years. Um, it'll be three years in April, but I have learned so, so much already in these last two years. And I still am learning. I'm still learning more. And I'm excited because I'm finally getting to the place now where I feel like I can do more press and I can start um, doing bigger distribution. Um, and and that's that's really exciting because... You know, at first I was like, okay, I'm not ready for that yet. I, I, I want to just learn the makeup industry. And I read tons of books and I did tons of research and I talked to other women like Heather who are experienced in the beauty industry and the beauty world. And now I feel like, okay, cool. I've, I have way more of a better idea of how it works and I feel more educated I'm ready to start taking the next step. So hopefully you guys will see me in big brick and mortar stores. That's the goal. I'm already in about 11 brick and mortar stores, but they're like boutiques, salons, stuff like that nationwide. 11 is pretty good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, would, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. If you ever felt you needed more guidance, would you ever go on Shark Tank? Oh my God. I don't think I would. Really? Maybe. I mean, right now, I don't think I would, but maybe in the future, like once my company was worth more money, I think I would be open to it. Because um, obviously they have the ability that, you know. You skyrocket. Yeah. They, you, and just being on the episode alone, you're going to get sales. Totally. Well, that's what they always, like, they call people out that come in and get like a really good deal and don't take it. They're like, you don't want a deal. You're like, you just want free advertising mm-hmm. on ABC on like a highly rated show. Totally. Totally. Well, like you said, like it's been two years and like, that's the thing about business. You know, you can make mistakes. Like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you've made mistakes where you're just like, now I know not to do that again. Oh yeah. Like when I first started my company, I started it in Delaware, not knowing that like I could also start it here in Vegas. So I had to register it in Vegas. So now every, every year I have to re-register it. It's a whole thing. And I'm like, I should have just started it in Vegas. Do you get into the whole Vegas life? Like, do you, cause like, do you go to all the casinos and are you just like living in Vegas, but are not into all that? So when I first moved here with my fiance, we were living it up. Like the first year we lived here, we went out all the time. We were going to all the nice restaurants. Like we just lived it up. And then after our first year, we were like, okay, we got our fix. Like, let's calm down. Um, And we kind of settled. And then um, 
we got a house and now we're like tucked away far from everyone, far from, you know, the strip um, in like Las Vegas. And, you know, we like it like this. We like it quiet. And, and, you know, when we want to have a good night, we just have fun at home. But when people come to visit, of course they want to go to the strip. So we will go to the strip when like family or friends are in town, or if like, we're going to have like a nice dinner and we like are celebrating a birthday or something, but we try not to go that often because we don't want to get sick of it. Um, that makes sense. Love this strip because it's so pretty. There's so much to do. And sometimes we forget that we live here. We're like, oh yeah. You know, because people think that living in Vegas is the strip. We're like, no, it's not the strip at all. There's a, There's whole, a whole other other. Yeah. You know, so um, even like my fiance's friends are always like, man, like, so do you like live on the strip? Like he's like, no, like I live in the suburbs. Like you wouldn't even know we lived in Vegas if you went to where we live, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. Is there anything else like we haven't covered here today that you want to cover? I always like to give people a chance at the end to discuss something that I may not have brought up. Thank you. Um, uh, man, I'm trying to think. We talked about the new music that's going to be coming out. We talked about Chrissy Cosmetics. Um, I'm, oh, I'm going live today um, at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on my Facebook. I do that. I try to do that every Saturday. Um, sometimes it's every other Saturday. Um, but I go on there and I give beauty hacks. And I also talk about my life and like what I'm up to. And it's like a fun time where we just hang out and drink wine and do facials and makeup tutorials and all that kinds of stuff. Everyone <laughs> needs to follow you. Please do. Where yeah. can everyone find you online? So um, you can go to facebook.com slash Kristenia DeBarge. And that's like my main artist page, but that's where I'm the most active. And then also my Instagram is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-I-A-D-E-B. Um, and I'm on there as well. I'm pretty active on there. And then my Christi, Chrissy D Cosmetics page is at Chrissy D Cos. And that's with a K. And you're more active on Facebook than on Instagram? I'm more active with my lives. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, you really are of the 80s ilk. Because <laughs> I know, like, right? Facebook is for the older generation. I know. But if, like, if someone leaves me a comment on Facebook, I will literally respond in about three weeks, maybe seven weeks. And if you yeah. leave me a comment on Instagram, I will respond oh, in 30 seconds. Yeah, same. No, same. We're, we're the same there. Life is yeah. just all about Instagram for me. Yeah, I, I definitely am on Instagram every day, but I don't do my lives on Instagram because I don't have as much engagement. I have 1.1 million followers on Facebook. That's so a lot. I, thank you. So I, and I built it through doing my lives. Um, but with Instagram, I have 146K. That's still pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. And so I don't get as many people in my lives. So I funnel people from both. And I'm like, hey, go to my Instagram from Facebook. And from Instagram, I'm like, go to my Facebook. So I'm trying to build Instagram too. I get it. Well, everyone needs to follow you at all of those sites. I will be keeping in touch with you. When I come to Vegas, we're going out. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to take you to the Prince show. I will go and we'll have a drink and Heather will come out with us. Yes. I can't so, wait. I'm, congratulations on the success of the cosmetics, the new music. I can't wait. Thank you for entertaining all of our questions and chatting <laughs> with us. 
And I will keep you posted on all of this. Yes, please do. And it was a pleasure speaking with you. I had a blast. I know we're going to have so much fun when you come. We're going to keep in touch. Text me. I will. All right. We'll talk later. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at behind velvet rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the velvet rope on Apple podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.